Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. Ah! On today's episode of the... (laughs) Why? Sorry, just keeping you on your toes. Today's episode of the Unwritten Rule, I'm leaving that in, Peyton. You have no say in the matter. Uh, on today's episode of the Unwritten Rule, um, I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Um, we're going to talk about the football game that we all just watched. Recording on Saturday, uh, Mizzou won. They, they're keeping the New Year's Six Bowl alive. We're going to talk all about it. Recap the game. Uh, I, I really, I still don't really know how to process it even after we took a minute before we started this. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk all about uh, the game and all about Mizzou's win. But first things first, quick word from the sponsor, Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing, and Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Sicko football hit again. We'll talk about that on Sunday. Uh, all of the hoops betting action along with every sport available right at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe B L E A V believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and the unwritten rule after dark edition starts right now. Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Saturday, almost Sunday, uh, November 18th, and Mizzou football's New Year's Six hopes are not dead uh, I believe you me, I was watching the entire fourth quarter of this 33-31 win for the Tigers over Florida, getting ready for to make the intro to say literally the opposite and say that the New Year's Six Bowl game hopes were dead, but they're not dead thanks to a Harrison Mevis field goal and a game-winning drive in a game that, to me, Missouri, it felt like had no business pulling out, uh, but they did somehow. 33 to 31 Brady cook hits Luther burden on a fourth and 17. They run two more plays to give Harrison Mevis a 30 yard field goal, which he promptly drills a lot easier than his uh, 30 or 61 yarder, excuse me, uh, that he hit against Kansas state to win that game. Um, I was losing my mind. I texted one person. I believe the words I'm going to puke uh, during this game running around my house, uh, you know, just, talking to myself, freaking out, going through all of the emotions, Kenny and Peyton, I'm sure you two were as well. Um, we're not going to bury the lead here, boys. We're journalists. What a, what an ending uh, to a wild game. But yeah, my God, uh, Mizzou could not have played a much worse game for a large, I mean, the defense especially. And you got to keep it in perspective a little bit because 
Florida is a very good offense. Uh, they came into this game, I mean, averaging a decent amount of points. Uh, Graham Mertz, for all of his faults, and you certainly saw it, he has some wild moments where he just overthrows. Um, he has been a very – he leads the, the country in completion percentage, and he was largely okay uh, for a large part of the game. But uh, even then, I mean, Mizzou, they, they made the most of when they got – uh, one turnover, um, the the one second half turnover, um, and your defense. Because I mean, the the way you look at it is your defense just played probably its second worst game of the year, and it was pretty on par with the LSU performance. It was not a good night for them, and you were still able to pull out a win against a team that, yes, they have not had the season they were hoping for in Florida. They were absolutely desperate to get that win tonight. Um, they have Florida State next week, um, and they're going in five and six now. And yes, Florida State no longer has Jordan Travis, but they didn't know that at the time. They threw everything at the wall to beat Mizzou, even when their backup QB came in, made a few plays for them. It really felt like Florida was a more desperate team, and it felt like they were going to win that game. But Brady Cook, man, can't say enough. I know Kenny and I had a very similar take on what that last drive for him felt like. Uh, it's just been a magical year, and that was a magical moment. Yeah, uh, you say Florida's offense you know, has been good. Florida's defense has not, and that was a big part that kept getting brought up on the broadcast. You look at these last couple games, South Carolina 39 points, Georgia 43, Arkansas 39, LSU 52. This defense was just giving up everything and they did a good job holding Missouri early on and, uh, you know, working against them and pr- showing a defense that hasn't really been on the field at all this year, like th- like they had um, today in Columbia. And that that thought, you know, that Peyton and I both had is that that last drive for Brady, he, he put that Florida defense back to what it looked like the, the rest of the season. I mean, he found holes. Um, the offense did everything. The wide receivers were great. Uh, Mookie, Makai, Luther, uh, everyone found spacing. And – what that felt like wasn't just redemption for like any mistakes in that game. It almost felt like redemption for the Georgia game in 2022. And that's, that's where we kind of both had the exact same thought of he couldn't get it done then. And we've talked about it at length this year that Brady cook is a, is not just a better quarterback. He has so much more swagger confidence in himself and he's pulling this stuff off. Look at the photo that Missouri football posted of him standing in front of the student section. Uh, this guy's got it. And I mean, he's going to be the quarterback for Missouri next year as well. We know that. I mean, he has everything. Everything's on him right now. And I mean, if you look at the start of the season and he was saying, you know, I want people to want me to be the starting quarterback. I mean, he has every right to be the starting quarterback moving forward, too. And that that George, the Georgia thing, I just want to I mean, it started the exact same way. If you don't know the drive we're talking about, it was the last drive Mizzou's offense wound up having. Uh, when Georgia had just taken the lead in 2021, Brady Cook comes out, throws, just, I mean, let's call it what it is, four awful balls, just not any anywhere close to any receiver. It was just, he, he sank, like, when the pressure was on. And that, that that's okay. Like, we can say that now because at the beginning, it really did look like this, the, this was going to be a similar drive. You can't be throwing check downs to – Cody Schrader that are losing two yards or gaining two yards and burning 10 seconds off the clock. You cannot 50, 50 balls on a two minute drill are not, not good. 
Like, you can't do that. You have to find holes. You have to make a play. But you know what? That fourth and 18, that, I mean, that's just where, that's just where Mizzou has really turned. It, it encapsulates everything the season has been. When even in Mizzou's worst moments, they find a way to make a play. They find a way to gut out a win. Those, Kenny mentioned it, another two more money throws to Makai. That throw to Mookie on the sideline was a very nice ball. Yeah. Um, and you, it, he, Brady Cook, he found the redemption there today. I mean, redemption for not just Georgia, but like Kenny said, just kind of all that doubt that everybody had, maybe even reasonably uh, at the beginning of the year. I had this thought. Like, uh, I, I, I had this thought, like, I would almost advise any college team, big time college team that to get your quarterback, uh, you know, to be a guy that grew up rooting for them the whole time because you for his whole childhood, because that man played his ass off and like, you could tell just did not want to lose, was not going to let his team lose. You know, I was thinking about the Drinkwitz quote where he's like, we've been in some dark, dark places, the stuff he was saying about that. And, and they, they played they played their asses off. They played until, you know, the the final whistle on fourth and 17 when all hope seemed lost. He made a play, and Peyton's right. You know, good teams find a way to pull out wins in, a, in games like this, and it, it felt like Mizzou was going to Mizzou at times. You know, they had that crazy drive, which I'm sure we'll touch more on, where they scored twice again, and then, and you know, both those plays were negated. Like, but they, they found a way. He put himself in a perfect position, even again, when we had some more weird ass clock management from Drinkwitz, where they called the timeout after an incompletion to kind of settle things down, ended up paying off and they still got their field goal team on. No problem. Kick the game winning uh, kick. But I think you guys are spot on there. Like, uh, you know, there, there is no doubt left to have in Brady cook. I mean, he wants this so bad. And this was a game that, that you could tell, you know, that was the case. You look at the numbers. 20 for 34, 331, and I don't think anyone would even say this is his best game of the year. I mean, that's just the improvement he has really shown this season. And he started rough. I mean, it was two for seven. He was under pressure a lot, um, to his credit. Uh, but, I mean, then he started just making money throws. I, I totally forget the exact moment it happened. But that that ball where he's rolling out to his left, he's like, God an old lineman being pushed back into him. He just throws a, a beautiful, like just a perfect rainbow, like right into the breadbasket of Luther. Luther just shakes off a couple dudes. Um, that, it's been that kind of year for Brady Cook. I, I want to go back to one thing, Jack, before we get into these other points about the game, talking about having a kid who grew up a fan of your team. You, you think about another SEC program that had a similar thing with a quarterback who had a lot more stars to his name in Bo Nix, and it ended up not ending well for Bo Nix and Auburn. He turned into a Heisman guy at Oregon. So, I mean, he's going to be a Heisman finalist this year. A Might not point. win it, but he's going to be there. Uh, but sometimes he's... it's just that diamond in the rough. And, you, I mean, one thing I'll, I'll throw out there about Brady Cook that some people might not know is that you know he wasn't a Drinkwitz guy. Uh, that that's not yeah. Drinkwitz did not recruit him. But when Barry was fired, when Barry Odom was fired, uh, Max Baker, our good friend of ours who worked at the Columbia, Missouri, and he reached out to um, Brady and said, you know, are, are you going to think about another school? He's like, I'm not coming to the school just because there's. I mean, I'm not going to switch because of coaching changes. I want to go to Mizzou. I want to be a Tiger. I want to be the starting quarterback there. You know that that was the mindset he had, and I I'll always remember that. You know, Max telling me that that he reached out and got that from him about, you know, no matter who was the coach, he was going to be there. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And Nick's is a good counter argument to what I said, where it did not work out for him at Auburn. Maybe shows a little bit about uh, that program <laughs> and what they, what they do. But you know. Very different circumstance. Agree. Agree to agree. But yeah, um, and that, that does go under the radar. He was not a drinker's recruit. Um, but it was a, it was a spectacular performance for the guy. And like, I mean, you know, there, you're not going to find someone else, another quarterback who's more bought into his program and wants to win for his team than Brady cook. Like, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, the, the guy is, is, you know, he wants this team to reach the heights that all the fans do. And this, you know, he's one of the fans that grew up wanting this team to have success. And now he's the one giving it to him. Um, let's go to the man on the ground. Uh, Mr. Cody Schrader, because uh, gentlemen, I have a stat. I'm sure you guys heard this first player in Mizzou history now to have uh, what four straight games of 100 plus rushing yards. He finished with 148 and a touchdown on 23 carries. Did most of that damage in the first half as well, Peyton and Kenny. But Schrader, I mean, once again, like who would have thought like I've said this out loud too. You know, I remember this with Tyler Beatty, where when he left, everyone was like, oh, we're like, we're going to miss Tyler Beatty. We miss Tyler Beatty. I, I, I'm I'm at that same point with Cody Schrader. Like, it's going to be a tough watching this running game. You know, once again, you know, in our tenure at Mizzou from 2019 to, to 2022, we saw Larry Roundtree, we saw Beatty and have to go through those regime changes. Like, they're going to have to go through another one after Cody Schrader's gone, because my goodness, what a another just great story. We D2 thing, which we don't get into again. Um, but you know, just another spectacular game from the kid. Yeah, no, he did pretty much all of his damage in the first half just because, I mean, the game got so crazy that second half. I mean, Florida was just mm-hmm. ripping off big plays. Just things had to change up. Um, but, no, he was excellent again, 148 yards touchdown, that big 40-yard touchdown that when Mizzou was kind of playing, he kind of, as he's done a lot of the time this season, whenever there's a lull, it feels like Cody Strader can rip off a big run, get Mizzou kind of back into it. Um, the rushing game in general was, for the most part, good. It wasn't their best effort of the year. Um, the O-line had a little bit of trouble uh, in pass pro and run blocking. It wasn't a terrible day, but Cody Strader made the most of it in the first half. Um, what's also interesting, I mean, Nate Pete got a couple touches in, uh, in this game. I don't know if that's just a senior night thing or what, but he made the most of them. Uh, I mean, his first carry, I mean, he he's kind of had moments where he's been just kind of a little too cautious, uh, but he hit the hole hard there, got a nice run, nice run there. Hopefully they can work him in a little more, but overall, good night for him. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of stat breakdown of where that looked like for Pete. He had uh, two carries, 18 uh, total yards, and that long was for 16. I mean, that's... Great to see for a guy who's, I mean, Columbia's home. Uh, you know, people forget he is a Rockbridge guy. He did transfer from Stanford, but he's from here. Um, kind of unfortunate what happened last year and where it put his season. Uh, kind of, you know, we you guys hit it on the head about, you know, what Strader did in this game. But, you know, talking with Brandon in that preview, we just, you know, gave him some positions to look at and tell us who, Mizzou, I mean, what position groups Mizzou should address in the portal. We talked about running back with him. I wouldn't count out Jamal Roberts and Tavoris Jones next year. You just hear so much about those guys. and They barely played, even played at all um, in SEC play. And we've heard about Tavoris Jones since last year. They, they call him T-Man. Um, he works hard. Uh, we've barely even seen him on the field. But uh, those two guys are on the depth chart. But when you have a guy like Cody Schrader working so well, you're not really going to turn to anyone else. And you look at last season, and we coming into last season, Cody was seventh on the depth chart. I mean, there wasn't as much depth. Um, like as last year as the 
as I mean, there's no not as much depth this season uh, for the Tigers. But when you have Cody Schrader working like that, it doesn't really matter. And I wanted to kind of go back and look at that, you know, the first drive because the run game was working so well. And then you kind of turned in some passing. And, and we talked about Brady Cook did not have the, the best start to this game um, through the air. Uh, I'm not the biggest, you know, football mind, and I'm not going to know everything that's going on in the field and understand, you know, all the breakdowns, schemes, um, schemes, and all this stuff. But I thought, you know, a lot of play action really could have played well for the Tigers early on because Florida could not stop anything on the ground, no. make them bite for another run on Cody Schrader and find someone open. And I it, maybe it didn't it didn't work out in the end. It ended up with a field goal, but um Cody was just explosive on the ground to start really got the offense I mean that that was the whole offense in the first most of the first half I'm not gonna doubt what you say about being able to to change in regime um to whether it's it's Jones or somebody else because they've been able to do it you know from Roundtree to Beatty had a little bit of a you know hiccup in between and now of Schrader so I have no doubt they can get another guy ready um once he's out the door but we're not quite there yet and I agree on like some of those play action things like, you know, not to get yeah too nitpicky, but but those those actions were working. I mean, they talked all night about how young this Florida secondary was, how inexperienced this defense was with injuries and stuff. And yeah, they you know, they forced them at times, you know, they made guys make choices. And, you know, I'll go to that next because we saw the Theo Wees touchdown. That's the best example of it where you have Brady Cook rolling out to his white right. Theo Wees just doing like a little, you know, whether it's a hitch route or whatever. And, and the corner had to make a choice and he chose to sprint at Brady at, at Brady, you know, checked it down and, and, and wheezes off to the races. Cause he had so much space to work in. Um, and that also, you know, we mentioned the playmakers on this team. Theo, Wees did nothing in this game until that play and then ripped off that 77 yard touchdown. Um, I mean, it, it's just nice to have these, these playmakers too. And we'll get to Brett Norfleet in a second, but um, you know, I think you're right with, with wheeze and some of those actions, like this, this offense figured it out when it when it got down to it that that um for um just the last thing on jones and robert i mean we haven't seen either of them take a snap this year so i don't i still would expect mizzou to kind of hit the portal for a running back just because there's no real experience there but the thing about that Wees play um it followed it really did kind of follow like the flashpoint it felt like where Max Brown, Florida's backup, just fumbles the exchange, um, and Christian yeah. Williams falls on it. They needed that bad, 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 bad. Um, and like I said earlier, with Cody Schrader normally being the guy that kind of sparks a Mizzou lull um, with just a big run, that didn't happen in the second half. It had to be somebody else, and this was the play that kind of had it happen. Um, yeah, like the the route was, I think, just get Theo Weiss kind of in the flat to be like a check down mm. option. It was very clearly not Brady's first read. I don't know. That's a teaching moment for that corner. I have no idea why he abandoned Theo Weiss like that because um, they had no backside contained uh, whatsoever. Um, and I want to highlight uh, two other players on that. Obviously, Theo Weiss deserves all the credit for being able to tiptoe down the sidelines that. But the blocks from Luther Burden and Mookie Cooper I believe it. Jeremy Macklin uh, tweeted about the blocks those two had because they were just pitch perfect. And that's not something you'd expect from Mookie Cooper, who's, you know, a smaller guy, smaller slot receiver, and Luther Burden, who does not make his living blocking. It was really good to see those two be able to get their hands dirty and clear the way for Theo Weiss. But like you said, Knowlton, that's just 
part of the maybe the best thing Drinkwitz has done, Drink and Peeler have done in their time here is just over time slowly build up that receiver core because it felt like everyone not named Marquise Johnson, uh, who's made a play for Mizzou, made a play in that fourth quarter. I mean, Weiss had that touchdown. Miller had that huge catch on the last drive. Mookie had that last big catch on that last drive. Luther Burden, I mean, come on. He's back healthy, and he looks every bit of it. Um, yeah, you're pretty much dead on with the Theo Weiss thing. I mean, he stepped up when they needed it. Another big play that really comes to mind that, in my opinion, was a little bit underrated. And, Peyton, I know you have an opinion about it. In the second quarter, there, there was a run play. Uh, you look at the start of the drive. Uh, Cody uh, Schrader runs for three yards. Uh, next play, uh, Brady throws a, a deep a deep pass that's incompleted to Luther Burden. Next play, um, Brady calls a good audible. And I, I thought I thought this worked out well. Um, go into the I formation and it was a read option to the right. And I know that you said there was, there was no reason for that play to There's even work. No way that should have worked. And Cody turns it into 34 yards on third and seven. And that was one of the biggest plays. I know the drive ended with the field goal, but at the same time, that was just a smart play to almost call that. And I mean, they did jam you on that left side, but Cody found the sideline and got 30, 30 plus yards. And I think that was a play that in my opinion, was a little bit underrated. I mean, credit to the execution on that play because everybody blocked perfectly. Brady really sold that he was just going to keep it, and then he flipped it out at the last possible moment. <laughs> Third and seven speed options to the short side of the field, I could do a little bit without. Can't argue the results, I guess, but I, <laughs> it, was a, it was like a very last-second audible. I remember like Brady frantically called it out because the play clock was sticking down. So if he, if he likes what he sees... Why not check out of it? Yeah. Yeah. There, there were a lot of little moments. And I think it's funny because I think, you know, if this game doesn't go Mizzou's way, we're maybe talking about those in a little bit of a different light. Um, but yeah, it's just a credit to Kirby Moore and what he's been able to do with this offense. They're able to get creative. And then you have guys like you mentioned the blocks downfield on that Wee's touchdown. You know, they're playing their tails off. That's the, those are plays that a team that's bought in that a team that, you know, that wants to make winning plays that knows what they need to do to make winning plays. You know, that's what they do. They put in that extra work. Like you said, that's not Luther Burton's MO. He's a, he's a, he's a receiver and let's go to him because I mean, you guys can touch on this pretty briefly. We can talk Luther Burton to death as I'm sure we will for the rest of this season and all next year, thankfully, because he can't leave yet. Um, 158 yards, nine catches, 113 yards after the catch didn't have a touchdown, but, I mean, oh, it's just that once again, it's the, it's the same old, same old statement. It's freaking nice to have Luther Burden. I mean, you know, making plays after the catch, turning what should be a loss of two into a gain of seven. Um, and, and and yeah, making big plays for his teammates. Chomping Gator sitting on the ground after the game's over. Um, putting a little bit of swag, a little bit of, you know, cockiness into this team. It, it's just so electric to have the guy and, and just what a playmaker. Five stars do not come around at Mizzou too often. Uh, and boy, does it feel nice for the one they did get to absolutely hit like Luther Burden has. It's very apparent. From the opening little pop pass they did that went for seven yards to Luther, I was like, okay, he looks way healthier than even last week. I mean, that the first catch he had like on a real route downfield, I mean, he made a guy miss. I was like, this is the old Luther uh, Brady Cook had a good quote about his health after the game. This comes from our friend Wendell Shepard uh, of Como Sports. Uh, Brady Cook on a resurgent night for Luther Burden. Quote, 
he's getting healthier and you can see that on the field. He's confident, you know, Luther is back, back making plays. He's him for sure. Sums it up perfectly. I mean, he's that, that fourth and 18, I mean, can you imagine if Mizzou did not have Luther Burden for a play like that? I mean, he it was the commentators, I thought, put it perfectly. I mean, he didn't even run full speed. He just realized there was going to be a pocket of grass there. Let me kind of jog to the end there. And Brady Cook made a made a good throw, and Luther Burden made, made a play. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about Luther's day is the breakdown of his uh, receiving yards. Uh, he had 21 receiving yards in the first half, and he finished the game with over 150. And I, uh, and one of the Jesus. one of the plays that really just stood out to me about you know who Luther is is you look at this one catch in the second quarter with, with nine minutes. It's third and 13, short pass Luther Burden. Um, on the right side of the field, he advances it for 11 yards. I mean, you saw it, he fought for it and it looked like, you know, when you get Luther gets that ball, it's like, okay, he's going to find a way to push himself through. There were three Florida Gators draped on him and they took him down, but that's like, that's the strength that Luther plays with. And we've talked about that at length as well, that, you know, even if there's three guys in front of him, he's going to find a way to get through it. You'll always think about that one, you know, his first career game. Um, in college football against Louisiana Tech, where he just showed it to you early that just because there's someone in front of him, that person's just going to fall on their back. Like he's going to run through them. And that was a play that really stood out to me, especially early on when they did end up punting because it was fourth and two, but uh, it just really defined who Luther was to, to almost get you the first down. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't say enough. You can't say enough. He's a beast. He does. He does everything so well. He's a dog. He puts some swagger in the team, and and then he he gets to talk his he gets to talk his talk after he walks his walk or or chomp his chomp, I guess, um, you know, as he did after this game. Uh, you know, I, I we do have to talk about our guy Brett Norfleet because we are going to get into some of the bad of this game because they didn't win this by two or they won this by two for a reason. Um, you know, we'll get to that, but let's talk about our guy briefly, Brett Norfleet. We almost had it. We had well, we did have it. And then we didn't have it. We had a Brett Norfleet touchdown. It was ripped away from us cruelly. Um, but he still had an awesome game. Three catches for 48 yards. He had 35 yards after the catch. He was making some plays. And, Kenny, speaking of his yak, you have a good take. I'll go to you on this first. Um, and and we can talk about the negated touchdown, too, if we want. But you have a good take on on kind of explaining just how Brett Norfleet moves physically and and – how that's kind of a good thing or maybe a good sign long-term of just the, the kind of physical hoss that he's going to turn into. Yeah. I mean, he is a freshman. We have to remember that he's in the 18 to 19 year range. Uh, yeah. He's a hoss big dude already for, I mean, we know that coming in, he was six, seven, six, eight when he um, joined the tigers. And the way I kind of see it is like, he's like a baby gazelle almost, or a, a young dog that doesn't realize how big he is. There's still a lot for him to grow and he's still making these plays and, uh, we've talked about it before, and we know that other outlets, Rockham Nation, uh, you know, Jack's former beat writer for the Missouri basketball beat, Jaden Lewis, wrote a good article about, you know, how much he does in the blocking game. And we talked about it as well. We had Max Chadwick on here who gave us some good numbers about how, you know, he is a very good blocker. And once he, you know, just gets like the more athleticism, I mean, it comes with time. I mean, you know, the guy still has everything at his disposal. Uh, he's going to really turn it up. And I think he's going to be like that tight end. He's going to be like – the Alberto kind of question is like, is he going to be, you know, this guy that's going to be a starter for four straight years that everyone's going to know his name. Drinkwood said after the game, he would be very, very surprised if uh, Northfleet is not all sec uh, freshman team. Uh, I don't know enough about the rest of the freshman tight ends in the sec to make a 
informed judgment on that, but you have to like what you've seen. Uh, I remember after last season when Mizzou's tight end room was just a black hole. I mean, Kipet, Kipyatter, Tyler Stevens. It was just oh, not – no playmakers cut. to be seen. Um, I was like I – w- I think Kenny and I had a conversation. Like, we would not be surprised after watching some uh, Brett Norfleet stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, this dude's huge. Like, he could play the most as a freshman. And that wound up happening – have to be really happy with what you've seen from him out of the receiving game uh, for the most part. Should have had the touchdown. That drive in general, I'm sure we'll touch on it. Really frustrating. Um, uh, hurdle the dude, of course. I was really impressed with his run blocking in this game. There were more than a few times he just plowed dudes. There was a, a run that was out wide uh, from Cody Schrader. He just blocked a Florida cornerback like nine yards back and then into the dirt. I mean, he was just bullying a lot of guys uh yeah it's been a good freshman season for him uh we'll see where it winds up going in the future yeah yeah i mean you know he's our guy we're proud members of the north fleet i'm gonna make a graphic uh so that others can can proudly join the north fleet um but yeah we were bummed to have that touchdown taken away i guess let's just touch quickly on that drive just because it was it was weird um you know there were I think a couple penalties and then we had Norfleet touchdown, which was taken away because I believe it was Makai Miller lined up to where he was obscuring him. And that's what, then you, you can't do that because technically it's an ineligible man downfield. And then we had the Luther catch where Brady cook uh, credit to him is just trying to play, make a play knows he needs to fires one, a little bit of a risky throw into traffic gets padded up in the air. Luther burden uh, caught it. And then of course, didn't catch it. It hit the ground. And, and I think, I think, you know, this was the moment for me, and you guys can give your take on this drive as well, where I thought it was going to be Mizzou Mizzouing, because it wasn't necessarily anything that was, oh, a, a BS call or this or that. It was just kind of unfortunate comedy of errors to prevent Mizzou from getting six points after they got in the end zone technically twice. Yeah, that drive and really just the red zone in general was frustrating because Mizzou yeah, could have won this too. game by a lot of points. Um, but just as it has been a couple times, just not perfect in the red zone. Uh, the opening drive even, I mean, they get goal to go and they wind up having to settle for a field goal. And that drive where two touchdowns get negated and both were correct calls. I mean, Norfleet was obscured. Uh, Luther did not catch that ball despite his best efforts. Um, but it, I agree with you, Nolton. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to lose this game, and that drive is going to be what shows up in my nightmares because they just couldn't finish. The, the, I really – Kirby Moore has done an incredible job uh, this season. Really hope they can hold on to him going forward. Please lose the goal-to-go QB draw. It does not work. The, it, you can't. It's too condensed. There's too many guys in the box. He calls it like every game. Every game has a goal to go QB draw. It has not resulted in a touchdown once. I mean, his Cook's t- touchdown run today was like, it, it, if Cody Schrader did not block two dudes on his own, that's a three-yard loss. Um, overall, it didn't doom them, uh, and they still have plenty of time to fix it. And it's not the end of the world that you're not getting touchdowns every red zone possession. But I'd like to see it a little bit more success in that department. Yeah, blocking two dudes on his own, uh, Schrader there. And, I mean, he came up a little bit hobbling as well because 
I Brent Morfley even like called for he's like my bad my bad you know I think I, he probably should have shifted over and was taking one of those guys but uh Brady Cook falls on his legs too I mean Cody gets up and that's just the guy he is you know the hustle and the hustle, heart and hustle kind of kind of guy but um I think Kirby Moore's reaction you know said it all for us as well uh you guys were a couple minutes ahead of me and texting about the game I did not know it was an incomplete pass yet because when they showed Kirby Moore on TV he's looking up at like a TV to his side and he's like what did I just see like he, there's no way he caught that right and so um it was kind of like that and I like you know thinking about it was not like mazooing um, in my, in my eyes. It was just like, nothing was really falling your way. Uh, like nothing like referees or another team was just doing wrong. It was just small little things. You're shooting yourself in the foot or just almost makes a spectacular play and it didn't come true. And um, they, at the end of the game, it did kind of feel like, Oh, you know, we're finally you know, coming back down to earth resetting at once Florida makes that kick. And the one thing I will say about that Florida kick first is that the Florida kickers last name is smack. And that could have been it's awesome. Trey, if- Trey smack. Trey Smack, Trey That's Smack, an electric name. Smacks the upright like that. Yeah, that would have gone the crazy if he ever thought. misses one. I mean, he's in a he'd be in some bad water if he ever misses. He's a big in Google. a good. He has a good basketball name because you have Smack, which is like you know sometimes like a dunk. You smack or a baseball. Him, and he's name. got Trey. Oh, or baseball. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he's he's a good kicker. He had good range. He made his kicks, but yeah, uh, it it was it was just a little weird. And then I'll lump this in in here, too, because, again, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I can get your guys taking the offense in general. I I mean, there were a few mistakes. There were some penalties. And then the um, biggest one, of course, which we should touch on is the, you know, Cody Schroeder would have had some more rushing yards and another key play on a third down if it weren't for a poor Connor Tolleson snap uh, negated that because Brady Cook had to kneel down to pick up the ball, which – you really can't Brady blame Brady Cook for like it's hard to remember that when you're like oh my god there's a football on the ground I need to pick it up and not have it be on the ground anymore. Um, it was bad snap by Tollison, but I guess yeah, quick take on that play and the offensive line in general. It's not excusable. It really is beyond ridiculous at this point that this is an issue in week what what are we in? This is eleven games Ten? now. Eleven. And this is it feels like every single game we've had a bad snap. It's really, really stupid. And that's twice where it really, really screwed Mizzou. The first time was obviously the worst um, in that LSU game. That, like, you see why they really, (laughs) you see why they really were trying to not have Connor Tolleson be their center. He can't, like, he has improved immensely in the blocking department. He has been much better at that point. I still think you can contend he's their worst offensive lineman because he can't snap, which is kind of a big deal if you're a center. And I just, I don't know how this is an issue still. Like, Brandon Jones has done a fantastic job uh, with that old line, especially coming in super late in the offseason. Can't say enough, because still largely the old line has been a positive. It has been much better. That needs to be something. If Connor Thompson is going to be your center next year, you cannot have these it is ridiculous this is a power five center playing in the best league in college football that has struggled to snap pretty much every game and brady cook i remember i don't even remember the game but he screamed at connor tollison after one of them because it was just like beyond ridiculous and i would like to see him do it again because this it's going to cost mizzou big time 
there was some uh, good points about you know coming from the broadcast about the rest of the offensive line play that there was you know they were given Brady's a good amount of time to go through his progressions and the the penalties were really limited as well uh, there was only one holding call and it was against Javon Foster and the one false start I kind of remember in, in the fourth quarter there right at the start on Armand Mimbu it was the last oh. drive Mimbu had one yeah, and yep. I mean, that's something you think about, too, is that, uh, I mean, we haven't heard Armand Menbu get a flag in a long time. And the one thing that really point, that stood out to me that the uh, broadcast pointed out, that Xavier Delgado has not been penalized in the last two seasons, which yeah, I, I felt that was too. ridiculous. Wow. That, and, didn't seem correct. wow. that didn't seem correct to me. And yeah, I didn't, it, when I, when I you know, was on that beat, I always asked for Xavier Delgado because I just want to hear him. I mean, I, the guy, you never hear much about him. Played some sneak. He's played some sneaky good offensive line this yeah, season. Yeah. I, as, I feel like it's as, good as if you don't hear a graduate. Line. Yeah, That's, and they they talked about how he's been a, a vocal leader on that offensive line. I haven't heard anything about it, and I know he talked once earlier in the season. But it seems like Xavier Delgado is having a great year, and a lot of people are really respecting it on that Missouri side. I was surprised coming into the year that he was even still a starter. I remember I did not know that. Um, but I mean, largely the old line was solid tonight. It was far in a way it's worst game in probably a month just because in the first half they were struggling to keep Brady clean um but yeah like you said Delgado I almost wonder I'm not a scout but I almost wonder like he has to have some sort of buzz in the draft uh because not it's not just the lack of penalties he's been very good that left side of the old line has been very good uh obviously Javon Foster will be a draft pick Cameron Johnson I think does need a lit uh, a little shine just because he's really cleaned up his penalties. I think he only has one in the last four weeks. Um, something very low after just being a penalty machine earlier in the year. Um, and he's been moving people, especially in the run game. And Membu is just a freak. I mean, he had a few, few game, a uh, few snaps today where he kind of got beat. I remember when Mizzou punted the ball back to Florida um, and Florida kicked the go-ahead field goal uh, towards the end. Membu got straight beat on second and six, and it wound up being a loss of one. But largely, I mean, he's still just a true sophomore. Um, O-line's been just so much more improved. Just got to please snap the ball correctly. Yeah, I think that's that. That's really the take you can take away. It's like it's hard to nitpick because it has been uh, definitely much improved. Let's go to the other side of the ball now, where I think that the real problems um, lie uh, or lied. I don't know, uh, were in this game because so I had a I had a friend text me who is is not a huge football. He likes football, but he was like, wow, what a win. I didn't watch any of the any of the games and he didn't go to Mizzou, but he was like, I didn't watch any of the game, but I watched the final drive. What happened earlier? And the way I described to him was. Imagine if you were watching your favorite football team play a game with no linebackers on defense, because that's how it felt. It went to me. I would like to know from you guys, first of all, I think like it's hard because, you know, they didn't have Tyron Hopper, Chuck Hicks and Tristan Newsom were actually uh, Mizzou's leading tacklers in this game. They both had nine apiece. Um, but my goodness, I mean, it started at the beginning with the 61 yard Ricky Pearsall touchdown from Mertz. Um, Trevor Etienne looked like Travis out there from time to time um, and just incorrect reads stuff, not going well. Um, Kenny, I'll go to you first. Is that an accurate description? Cause that's what it felt like to me. There was just no linebackers in this game. I think it just really shows you how much Tyron Hopper matters. And that's where I kind of started is that 
he like we know he's a quiet guy when he talks to the media talks to people and doesn't really have much to say but we've heard before he is a vocal leader on that defense and just without him I think that the linebackers were lost I mean it's hard to have two guys starting when you start the year you're two linebackers are your captains on defense. And then now you have two guys that weren't seeing a lot of playing time. And Tristan Newson was a transfer first time in the system. Chuck Hicks, who missed all of last season um, into a starting role now. And it's been pretty brutal. It was, I mean, a brutal day for the linebackers there. Um, you look at the box score and you're like, oh, well, they totaled up a lot of tackles. Uh, Tristan Newson led the team in tackles. It's still a lot of missed plays. And I think it just comes down to show you how much Tyron Hopper matters on that defense. So we talked about up and down season for Tyron Hopper. He struggled tackling. He's had some bright spots. I mean, it wasn't the exact season that a lot of us were expecting, but it just shows you how much he matters to this defense. And that that's really where I come with it. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, Hopper has his own issues sometimes. I mean, the missed tackles earlier in the season were pretty bad, uh, but good God. I mean, Chuck Hicks is going to – I mean, he had to bury the tape bad day i mean he was just yeah. uh, when he got i mean it, it wound up breaking uh graham mertz's collarbone or something like that anyways but when he got pulled over by uh graham mertz chuck kicks i was like jesus man you're a middle linebacker that cannot happen newsom wasn't great either although i didn't like not notice him getting beat as much as hicks uh the first touchdown throw hicks got beat on that i mean it was just Rough day for Chuck Hicks. They needed Tyron Hopper out there. I mean, they got away with it last week. Newsom actually played great against Tennessee, I thought. Um, Going to need Tyron Hopper back uh, as soon as possible. And it is a little concerning, honestly, uh, for next year because Hopper's gone. Uh, Newsom and Hicks are your likely starters. I know Damian Wilson is floating around in that mix too, but that's it, that might be something you need to go grab an experienced vet from somewhere uh, because that it was pretty bad tonight. Um, it wasn't all them. I'll point that out. Um, a lot of missed tackles. Uh, Darius Robinson. I love him to death. He had some missed tackles tonight. You mean uh, Darius he, Mizzou? Yes. Darius Mizzou. I, we, we we'll touch on that. Um, but he had some missed tackles. It was just a lot of, a lot of people had games. They were going to want to forget. Dalen Carnell had a game. He'd want to, he'll want to forget. Ennis did, I thought, honestly, had his worst game of the year, and it still wasn't even that bad. Um, but ultimately, I come out of that game not overly concerned with the defense, just because we have to remember Florida is a very, very good offense. They can run. ETN is a very good running back. They were just the better unit tonight. I'm glad you brought up Damian Wilson as well, because he's a guy who stepped into a starting role last year when injuries hit the linebacking core. And he got jumped. Yeah, and he ju- he got jumped on the depth chart uh, by two guys. One guy who came back from injury, and I said another guy came into from the portal. And it's kind of interesting to me what what happens. You know what DJ Smith is kind of looking at it, the co co defensive coordinator. He's also a linebackers coach. What he's thinking about this week, um, I think down the line as well. Um, someone I brought up er- earlier, maybe last summer, and he's not going to make an I- immediate impact this year or even next year, likely. But Rayshon Littlejohn is still a guy that I'm pretty high on. Um, I think he's going to be in that Chad Bailey conversation of being that middle linebacker who's one of those leaders on defense. And that was just from minimal conversation with the kid. He, he just he had the energy of a guy who was a junior in college, probably. And he was a senior in high school. He just you know, he, he wanted to be that guy. He wanted to be a captain. I think that's a guy you look down the road at. I mean, I, I like your idea that, you know, that's a portal 
um, thought as well. But I wouldn't count Operation Little John next year. But for right now, I wonder how much DJ Smith is going to maybe look at Damian Wilson in practice this week and see if how he can kind of mix into that group after kind of just a, a rough, rough linebacking group this week. I think he wants to figure out how he can perform some sort of medical miracle to get Tyron Opper back out there as quick as he can. That's, I mean, that's just what you need. I, I agree. I think this was just a game that showed how much they needed his leadership. And Payton's right, though. It wasn't all bad. Um, I mean, you 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 had guys making Graham Mertz uncomfortable. He injured himself, and obviously, you know, we don't we don't root for injuries. And we thought it, it seemed like it did change the game, though. I mean, obviously, when a quarterback goes down, your starter goes down. They bring in, I, I believe, is a freshman or a sophomore. Um, in, freshman. In, is a red shirt freshman. Um, their backup, Max Brown, and yeah, you have that strike to wheeze. You have him fumble, which Peyton said, you know, Mizzou sorely needed that because Brown was driving. I think the commentators made a really good point about him actually with, with his running ability. It almost seemed to open up the playbook a little bit for Florida and Mizzou really couldn't do anything about it um, with the way ETN was running too. Um, you know, so they got the break. They have the wheat strike. It seems like it's, it's changing the game and, and that guy just works his way back into it. Um, but I think you have to give some, some, the defense, some credit uh, in terms of their grit. You had Darius Robinson, Johnny Walker, who, um, you know, didn't get ejected for that, that almost targeting play on Johnson um, or Brown. I didn't mean to say Johnson. Um, I'm thinking Max Johnson, the, your, your guy at AM, Kenny. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think you do overall have to give them um, a lot of credit and is slipping on that, that first touchdown for Pier, by Pierce all is unfortunate, Wasn't uh, a but you do have to yet. keep, or sorry. Yeah. The deep strike. And then, you know, they go down and, and punch it in, but, yeah, overall, I think some concerns um, with just the big chunk plays, but, uh, you know, stepped up when they needed to. And Darius Robinson still manages to have, or Darius Mizzou manages to have great nights somehow every day. And give, I'll, I'll give Max Brown a little credit as well. I mean, he was a redshirt freshman who stepped into a road environment against uh, the number nine team in the nation, and he stepped up. I mean, they might have other a dude. than that fumble, yeah, other than that fumble, I mean, he was great, I thought. Honestly, I mean, he got that. He got sacked by Darius Mizzou. Um, made it a third and long. That was a crazy call. Uh, with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, fourth down, down yeah. nine, going for it on fourth and four, and Brown delivered a strike. I mean, it was one of like three or four throws. I don't even remember the number of attempts he had. Um, but where he really gashed Mizzou, I mean, those read options. That read option, 27-yard oh run on that third and one, I, I thought that game was over. But, um, hey, Mizzou made a play, ultimately. And, and really, it was just one bad half. They played well in the first half. They played horrible yeah. in the second half, and it was still enough to get a win. Um, just regroup, get ready to go against a bad Arkansas team. Billy Napier think, is so weird too. If I could a brief sidebar, like the fourth and four is a, is a ballsy call and he got that one, but then he calls like a, a sweep when they had it on third down and ETN, they force ETN out of bounds. And that gave Mizzou a timeout again. Drink used it on a, on when talk that was ETN's anyway, but... fault. Well, you think, I guess he got kind yeah, of pushed that was out of bounds, e but I think, I think Billy Napier definitely would have told them or just thought they would have known that like don't go. Okay. Fair enough. Well, fair what enough. were you? Just I, I still thought. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't have anything to say about Billy Napier. I just wanted to say kind of the focus for the Mizzou defense going into this next week is, and just the practice this week. 
um, is limiting those explosive plays. I'm glad you, you brought that up because you look at some of the, the big chunks um, and that's something that was the emphasis for all of last year. Ever going into each week is like, we want to bring chaos and we want to limit explosion. And uh, 26, 30, 27, 39, those were some of the longest rushes through the air, 27, 61, 38, 37, just huge plays. It's just uncharacteristic of this Mizzou defense in the last year and a half. And especially on the, on the ground too, we talked about, you know, Florida has two running backs that were coming into this game as some of them top 10 in the SEC, 82 on the ground for ETN and then 85 on the ground for Johnson. And when you kind of look at next week too, I'm just going to peek ahead just at what Arkansas can do. KJ Jefferson's can still run. I know he's, you know, he's oh, yeah. been through it and I mean, not, not been his year, not the year he wanted, um, but he still put 90 yards on the ground. And I mean, that's a, that's a number that's affected by sacks too. I don't know how many times FIU actually got to him in this game, but I mean, Rocket Sanders isn't the guy you're going to worry about anymore. It's Isaiah Augusteve and Arkansas. I mean, they still have a, a run game that can put up a hundred yards. Of course it was against FIU, but um, you just need to get that back on track uh, for this next week. And one, one benefit, uh, this one quick thing on Arkansas, their O-line has just been absolutely terrible this year. So hopefully you get Hopper back. I don't think it should matter too much. Um, Arkansas is a prime bounce back candidate. Yes, you're on the road. It'll be K.J. Jefferson's last game, which I do think is an interesting thing to throw in there. His first start ever against Mizzou, last start ever coming against Mizzou. But that is a game you should dominate just by virtue of Arkansas's O-line has just been a mess this year. Well, Florida, Florida's O-line was banged up. And, I mean, they were getting but it the is quarterback. Better, I yeah, it is, it is still slightly better. But, I mean, it's still – I think it's a valid point. You know, KJ Jefferson's a big dude that he, he draws concerns from, you know, every coach in the SEC just because of his physical tools. So that is something to keep an eye on. And and Drink was said at the end of last season, you know, he gave him a, a hug at the end. He knew KJ well. He was like, "Hope you're not coming back, man. Like I, I do not want to face you again." KJ comes back, and he's still a threat uh, back there. And I, I we talked, I talked about this last week. Um, you know, I think Mizzou's done a good job this season of not looking ahead, um, taking it week by week. The one zero mentality, STP, all this stuff. And, you know, even though that they probably weren't looking ahead at Arkansas, looking ahead at what about a possible bowl game, it's still a good wake up call um, to get you back on track, you know, clean up the you know the sloppy plays, clean up the mistakes um, on defense, you know, re reads from the linebackers, you know, what the defensive ends are doing. And I think this is a good wake up call, even even with a win, <laughs> even with how you went out on that. You're still going to look oh, back definitely. and it's like this was not a success in a lot of areas. And um, you have an opportunity to go against Arkansas. Make a statement. Um, that's a rivalry game. It's a trophy game. It matters a lot to these guys. Um, go out there with a win and get yourself ready for hopefully what they are hoping for is a BCS Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've always had the take that sometimes the most dangerous team you can play is a team playing for nothing because they just lay it all on the line and they don't care. They'll just, they'll just throw everything at the wall, especially if it's his last start. Um, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, quick notes on special teams. Uh, we have the main, we have the main one, which I'll get to last. Um, but Mevis did all the kickoffs. He had no problems. We know we saw Blake Craig do it a couple Much times better. last week. Much better. Dude. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Marquise Johnson didn't rip off a big play uh, on as a receiver, but he did have a decent kick return. I think it was his first one um, where he got past out past the thirty. Showed off his only speed one a little bit. That was his, oh yeah, that was his only one. Um, 
so that was that was good to see maybe some potential there and then we had luther burden and chris abrams strain switching on punts which is better um i think in our eyes i didn't but even the main one but. yeah yeah i mean they didn't they did no wrong so that wasn't really an issue the main thing however gentlemen and what i thought was really going to lose this game and was was pissing me off quite frankly as a as a kicker and punter guy um riley williams getting the start at punter um he was really bad i i don't yeah. i don't know how you like can really <laughs> say it otherwise he was he was really bad he had four punts for 165 yards and that's being real generous because he you know they were all wobblers and so he got some nice bounces that that rolled mizzou's way but the the standout one was the final one where they gave um florida the ball back with about four minutes to go essentially at midfield at the 40. yeah I mean, yeah it was it was really really shocking in another moment where i felt you know this is what's going to lose the game for mizzou and i'll let you guys go into it like luke bauer isn't spectacular he's obviously the hero for what he did against kentucky but i could have made some of the punts riley williams made tonight i i just don't like the quote after the game from drink uh was that the the we thought for a second this was a decision made because he was a senior and it was senior day and let me if that ever was a call that would have been really bad just bad um unforgivable but yeah really bad but the the reasoning drink gave in the press conference was that he they made the decision based off of what happened in practice this week um and that he thought he punted well until the last one which is just wrong um i I don't really know why they were so jumpy. I thought Luke Bauer had honestly been improving punting wise. Um, not even like, obviously everyone's going to love him for that the throw against Kentucky, but even as just a punter, he was getting better every week. It felt like this felt like a herky jerk reaction. I think they'll go back to Bauer next week because boy, oh boy, Riley Williams was horrible. And it is, it's the second year in a row. They got the, the punter competition wrong because Riley Williams was the week one starter last season. They started the kickoff guy. Yeah. As the week one punter. And both of them had to be switched because they were just so horrible. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a part of the Stonehouse family, you know, but I've I've learned a lot just talking with um, Jack Stonehouse and his cousin, who's now with the Titans and just, they, I mean, they walked me through so much of the mechanics and just, you know, watching punters as well. They're always so fluid and everything looks good. Riley Williams just looked out of sync today, too. It just nothing really looked like he was leaving his foot correctly. A couple knuckleballs. Um, the stats don't do punters justice either. You really have to look at every kick and yeah, the circumstances of, of what's going on as well. Um, if you look at Luke Bauer, of course, I mean, he did. Uh, I think it was against Kentucky where he had the or it was a bad snap or a drop and he, he did get that tackled. South Carolina. South Carolina, excuse me. And and so you look at those games following, it, his average dropped a little bit, dropped below 40 in the last two, but you got to look more into those. I, I don't think that really affect. And the broadcast said something similar, or something on, along the lines of like, he's starting on senior night, kind of made you think, oh, did they start him because this is his last home game of college? It's Riley Williams' only first year with the Tigers. And I mean, it, it feels a lot similar to what happened with Stonehouse and Ketting last year. And Stonehouse ended up finishing the full year. Uh, Bauer just gets you know sat down for one game. He was still doing the holds on field goals, um, so he was available. And it's just kind of an interesting situation. And I, I agree with Peyton; they just kind of should go back to Luke. 
Yeah, they botched it uh, big time. But, you know, I, I Mizzou managed to overcome that. But, you know, you don't want any of that in a bowl game, no matter which one you get. Uh, that's that's a problem. Um, and it's just a problem with Link going forward. We've expressed our thoughts for the entire season. And Eric Link will continue to do it probably as long as he's employed uh, on the side or on the coaching staff of it's, Mizzou. It's something every week with that unit. It really is. We have to talk yeah. about it every week if something goes wrong. And, yeah, ugh, it's something it's weird. So Whether it's re- returning kicks when they shouldn't, punting choices. I saw Early it. in the season, every single game had a horrible kick. Yeah. Credit to credit to Mevis though. I mean, he made he made all He's his been kicks. Made, excellent. He's been great. He's been great. And I talked with Peyton about that because we have some friends who are still just ripping Mevis. What confidence do you not have in the guy anymore? He did have an up and down year last year. I mean, you think about the Auburn game. Um, but I think after Kansas State, he's been really good. Um, I mean, he struggled at the beginning of the season. He missed, I think, a, his first uh, PAT ever um, comes out. Yes. I mean, he's been electric. I mean, lights out since. One of the best kickers in the SEC all time. I, I, it's, und, it's undisputed. I mean, all the guy's just been a really score. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, I, he's I'm just, good. It's just weird that there's still some people that doubt him. Yeah. Stop hating on Mavis and Brady Cook. Um, other things before the game, we, we've been calling him Darius Mizzou. We're going to miss Darius Robinson. He had the Mizzou on the on the back of his jersey instead of uh, his last name, which is pretty cool. It made me wonder uh, what you know extent you can put things that aren't your own last name on the back of jerseys. Um, you know how like with the Colorado players, they're putting like their Twitter handles. I wonder how, how you can get that green lit. Um, I w- hope to God Mizzou never does that, but uh, I don't know. Like if someone has a cool nickname, you put it on the back of your jersey. But good for Darius. I mean, he's going out. It was his last home game. Um, and then the other other thing we mentioned Napier being weird. Um, Mizzou shoots itself in the foot sometimes. Florida shot shot itself in the foot a lot tonight, which we should touch on. Um, Kenny graciously wrote down all the notes for me. Um, their offensive line, weird game clock stuff. They had four false starts, one delay of game, and then they had two timeouts to avoid the delay of game. One of them, I remember, it was Napier absolutely ripping into um, the backup. Like, it was it was just kind of funny. Like, I felt very bad for him because it's like, hey, chill out, Billy. Like, you know, if you're putting Max Brown in a road environment, it's going to be tough. But it, it ended up hurting Florida um, a bit because they had to burn timeouts and they had some um, not good offensive line moments themselves. It's nice to see that with another team for once. Yep. First, just going back to Darius Robinson, he had a quote about his jersey. He said, that was very important to me. This is from Wendell Shepard, by the way. Um, I thought the best way to honor all of the quote, or in parentheses, all of the coaches and staff past and present uh, was by having Mizzou on the back. I'm going to miss Darius Robinson a lot. Uh, I think he is going to be the hardest player to replace this offseason. It's just really, really Blake Baker said in a quote last year, if Darius Robinson comes back to Mizzou uh, next year, he will be a first round pick. Um, And it didn't look like Darius Robinson was going to do that for a bit, but he did. I don't know if he'll be exactly in the first, but he certainly has made himself some money this season. And uh, on the Napier thing, just a weird, weird coach. I mean, his nickname for a lot of people is Sunbelt Billy. Um, and he had some of those weird moments. I mean, that fourth, that when they called the timeout at the end of the first half near midfield and handed off, what are you 
doing? Yeah. Yeah, they, called the, they ran out of doing? timeouts, and then they ran it and didn't even try and clock it or throw a Hail Mary. That felt like, no, like, yeah. like loser talk a bit. You can't no, do they that on the road. They couldn't clock it because it was fourth down by then. Throw an out route. Yeah, just, just, throw yeah. something else. Give yourself a chance with the Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, it, he bad, poked bad scared, and um, if they had gotten three points there, they would have won tonight. That's a good point. Good point. But they didn't. Oh, well. Um, we're super sad about it. Um, go to the go to the YouTube. Um, the only the last final thing I have, and I know Kenny has something to add here. This is nothing. We're done talking about the game with the Mizzou standpoint at this point. I'm just gonna kind of rant because I'm a big I'm a big broadcast guy. Uh, so I care about who's calling the game. Um, I don't like watching football muted. It's boring. So I care about the commentators. I don't like Joe Tessitore. I'm not a Joe Tessitore guy. I think someone also said that him and um. Jesse Palmer are kind of a cursed Mizzou duo. I think they commentate a lot when Mizzou loses on the ESPN night games. Not a fan. I, I just, I don't know. He's talking about formula one in the middle of the thing. And I'm like, I don't care who you were with at the boxing match, Joe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit personal. It's just something about it. It's just, I just had a little bit of beef with Mr. Tessator. Kenny. Yeah. Um, I know some people get frustrated with just the repeating of storylines each week and nothing's really changing. It's just, you know, Cody Schrader, lot of history behind him and he's come a long way and that's the conversation each week and it's going to be like the same story repeated and repeated we sometimes have to remember that these broadcasts aren't directed to people who follow the missouri tigers they're not directed to florida gator fans all the time just directed to people who want to watch football and um it's like they're educating us on everything we've known for the last two seasons and the one thing that just kind of you know sometimes bothers me and i don't know if you know you can call me whatever you want when i say this but it's like you need to support local journalism in that sense. These stories aren't new. I mean, uh, you see some of these stories about uh, about you know Cody Schrader and Brady Cook. I mean, they've been coming out since last year, and I know there's a lot more eyes on the Tigers this year. Of course, there has to be. They're a top ten team when they were projected to finish sixth in the SEC East, and um, there's a lot more to it. But it sometimes reminds me of like Bailey Zappi when he came in for the Patriots. Like, oh, we've never heard of this guy. <laughs> There were millions, or not millions, hundreds. He was like the of, leading yeah. passer in college. Yeah, in Western yeah. Kentucky history, and there's a lot to it. And that was one thing that's always stood out to me that people are posting like support local journalism. These stories are there, and they, and they, they just get rewritten like it's nothing, like they've never been told before. Mm. That happens a lot in last week. And if you just look back at last year, you can see these stories have been written. You look at the beginning of the season; these stories have been told. And I understand, you know, it's TV; it's different, and these stories are just being told again. But I mean, the stories are there, and it's just support local journals, and that's all I have to say. And you can say whatever What's... you want about me. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's a Ooh. weird way. I don't know how you can make some sort of cross, because, like, you got to script those things in. You only have a limited amount of time. These broadcasters are national. You know, they, they don't have that long to dive, deep dive into everything. But, yeah, I almost – I wish there was a way where they could be like, you know, this comes from wherever, and this is what it's about. This is what I'll the story is about. I don't know. I'll tell you what, Kenny, you were firing from the hip there, huh? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, uh, you right, also right. just have to think about it. I said it last week. I was like, yeah, I mean, Cody Schrader is was a D2 running back. Tell us why he, he I mean, has success in the SEC. It's, you know, it's not just, um, you know, oh, he worked so hard for it. When, what is he doing well? I mean, there's so much I, more I'll to I'll it than the, that. Peyton, I think you're going to, you and I are going to say the same thing. I, have, Palmer. I'm gonna, I thought Palmer did a good job. Yes, I was going, that. I think, I think that. They actually did. I'll give this broadcast some props on a couple things. For one, they actually talked about new storylines. I did notice, like, I it, Brandon Jones's name 
was said on a broadcast yeah, that for the was, first that was time good. all season. And they like totally went in depth. There were a few different times where they just illuminated some new, newer stories. Definitely did that better than the CBS crews did. Um, I, I didn't, I don't recall it could have happened. They, they got it out of the way quick. Like the, Oh my God, he, he, he was running in, in at Truman state two years ago. And isn't that awesome. And then like five minutes in, they stopped talking about it. Cause I think they knew, but I didn't really have a problem with the broadcast. I just, I don't really listen Palmer, to the broadcast. I'm like in my own head when I'm watching. These Palmer games. did all right. Describing how Cody Schrader plays. I will give him credit about the like one cut, how he reads zones. He did a the good job on that part was good. Uh, beef I do have um, when he went, uh, they call him K-A-D around here. <laughs> and I remember we got a text. I was like, who the fuck calls him that? We go CAD, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. say CAD. I, I, I out loud go, actually, we call him CAD, which is how what K-A-D spells. Mm-hmm. So, and whatever. You know, I don't want people to think I have anything against these broadcasters. I'm actually one of like the biggest broadcast supporters ever. I, I'm not too harsh on a lot of people that do TV stuff because it's hard to be, you know, you not take one side especially when you're on espn or a big you know market like cbs and you're trying to tell stories from both sides and i thought i mean i love uh palmer as well and i think he did a great job in test as well but um i mean i didn't really have any yeah i didn't have anything against it i was just you know kind of saying that i don't know if it bothers other people it's just the people i talk to it's just like oh we keep repeating the same thing about went to truman state blah 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 it's just you know, there's a lot more to it. And I think, you know, even talking to Curtis Looper, I mean, there's some good stories there about how Curtis Looper didn't know him uh, the, the uh, athletic, at all. Um, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic had a good feature about Cody Schrader. And yes, they dove into the D2 stuff. But he talked to Curtis Looper. And it honestly, like, there were some very good, like, factoids that I didn't know. Um, like, there was one story. I'm totally sorry. Please go read Bruce Feldman because I feel bad just telling the story but that's behind a paywall. But it should be said, Cody Schrader, I believe it was between uh, the Arkansas game and the Gasparilla Bowl. They had a practice at 3 p.m. Cody Schrader had to, had to graduate at 2 p.m. And in there, Bruce Feldman s- said um, that Schrader was trying to just bail on the graduation. He wanted to practice. And they talked him into going to graduation. Um, and then... Um, Hours later, I mean, Cody Schrader asked Looper to send him the practice report so he could run through it. Um, apparently, Curtis Looper looked out and saw Cody Schrader running through the whole practice by himself, and he texted to the other seven running backs that were once upon a time in front of him and was like, that's why Cody Schrader beat you out. Like, that's just – those. there are original stories out there. You just have to look. Well said. Well said. It's hard for us. We hear them all the time. You know, they got to they got to do it for a national audience who just happens to be tuning in. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kenny, do you have another thing on uh, Mackay? Oh, and we have a you tease our uh, guest. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tease our guests a little bit for this upcoming week. It is an Arkansas game. There's a, a big well, not big, Holy but uh, a guy, you know, really well. That's from Arkansas. I played for Mizzou for uh, six hand? seasons. Third and, and, you know, this guy talked to Makai Miller a lot, and we talked about it at length before. Mookie and Makai just find ways to get open, and they make big catches when it matters, and they they showed it um, on Saturday, and that, that's something that really stood out to me. Um, the guest is Barrett Bannister. I'm just going to say it now. But we'll have Barrett on uh, this upcoming week, and he'll help us preview. He'll help us talk about it. We're going to get him to talk about Cody Schrader uh, being a finalist of Burlesworth Trophy, a trophy that would meant a lot to – 
Barrett Bannister, who ended up not winning it. But uh, Cody is, is in the running for it now and likely going to take that award. Um, get him to talk a little bit about Makai and what this rivalry means uh, between these two programs. Good tease. Yeah, we're having, uh, right just saying it. You just, you just said it. Bad tease. Um, you need to get better at marketing us, Kenny. Um, I'm joking. But yeah, we'll have Barrett Bannister on. So everyone uh, listen to that interview on Friday. But yeah, in the end, boys, win's a win. And a New Year's Six Bowl uh, is still very much in the running. And now it's officially Arkansas week. Um, so, you know, we'll have a preview for uh, that game. Um, we'll talk to Barrett about it. Should be fun. Um, and then, of course, we'll recap, as we always do. And hopefully we're doing that by talking about what uh, bowl games Missouri are going to get. We'll probably do that, I'm sure, Peyton. I'll make you uh, give a rundown later this week when um, everything shakes down, when the CFP comes out. It'll be interesting to see where they end up, as well as just CFP conversation in general. Jordan Travis getting hurt, all that stuff. Um, it was not yeah. the CFP, just so everybody... No, I know. I'm just saying, you know, will they stay ninth? You know, maybe they'll put Louisville over them. They beat Miami. I don't know. Um but we'll find out and we'll talk about it. So until that time, everyone, uh, go enjoy your week. Go celebrate the win. Uh, have a fun and safe week. We'll be back uh, on, or I guess we'll have a show for you guys on Monday, won't we? To uh, We'll recap the rest of the SEC. We got a basketball um, then, game to talk about, too. Yeah, and oh, my God. That was the other thing. Mizzou's just, when, when did Mizzou get all of the uh, luck? Cardiac Tigers. Yeah, cardiac tigers. So, yeah, we'll talk about the Minnesota game. Believe you me, um, Peyton and I had a firsthand um, accounting of it. So plenty to dive into. But until then, everyone go enjoy the win. Uh, have a fun and safe rest of your weekend. Uh, this is the Unreal Rule presented with Bet Online. See you guys on Monday.